0: Uh, Good morning, good morning. What a beautiful day. My name is Angel, and this is the untold story of my life and how I beat the odds. But let's get started anyway. So this morning I'm actually home, sitting on my front porch, had a cup of coffee already. I am listening to the birds sing, the crows watching them fly, the deers play across the way in the field. I'm watching the sun Rise above the trees. It is a beautiful morning. Um, we have feeders set out for the birds to eat food and they're eating and just enjoying the morning. It's a bit chilly. Fall has fall. It is here. It was about 39 degrees this morning, which I love that weather. Absolutely beautiful to me. But we're going to get into it. So, I was sitting down and I was trying to really just think about like, go back and really just try to remember a lot of things in my life. And I think that it's funny how I have blocked out a lot of things when I was younger because of the pain that I felt. Um, So as these things surface, then I tend to just start to write them down to heal from it um, because I felt like I never got to heal from a lot of that pain. Um, I guess the one thing that I do remember, I remember as a kid, um, at some point in time, uh, I was living with my other siblings and my mom and my stepfather. But at the time, my stepfather and my mom were a truck driver. I'll never forget um, when the apartment below us caught on fire and we had to get out. My brother at the moment was a hero because he went through a window and saved a woman. And we watched our home burn. And to many of you mine it it seems like, okay, you just find you somewhere else to live but it wasn't that easy for us because we were it wasn't very often that my siblings and I were all together um, because of our situation Um, sometimes one of my sisters was with my aunt my brother was with another aunt I was always with my grandparents and my aunts and uncles so we were never really always together so I can't say that I had a constant everyday life of waking up and being able to say, hey, I live with my siblings and my parents. It was never that easy for us. It was always hard. Um, So at that moment, I went back to live with my great aunt, my great uncle, my grandparents, and all my cousins. And I can remember saying, dang, I wish I knew more about my siblings. I was young then, so a lot of things I couldn't really remember. I remember where we lived. There was a railroad track. In the middle of this railroad track, it was like trains There was no, like most railroad tracks you see, they have the wooden slats across and is welded or put together big nails. Well, this one wasn't. This one was just a straight drop. So it kind of sat on top of a hill. So if you were to slip and fall, you would fall and essentially die. But for us, that was never an issue because we enjoyed playing on it. So we would get on this railroad track and one on one side, one on the other side, would run across it. Even knowing what the... The dangers that life held. But to think about it as a kid, you don't think about dangers because you don't live in fear. You live in love. like So that action was us. Hey, we love ourselves. We know we're going to be fine. We had faith and we knew that we would be okay. And we would just go do it. No matter how dangerous it may seem. But to us, but to kids, danger is not a, it, you don't have fear. You live with unconditional love. And that's something I go back and reflect on. So I think about going back to live with my aunt and my uncle. As I was sitting out here this morning, I would think about it. So in the mornings, my uncle Jack would get up. He would either go hunting or he would go to the farm. And that was my longing throughout my whole life to have a farm and to be able to grow my own food, raise my own animals so that I could provide for myself and my family, um, which is one of the most happy, happiest memories that I have that I can think of. It's just having that life, living on the farm and eating as clean as possible. Um, I can also remember growing up and not understanding why I was in certain positions. Why I was after I left my mom and my siblings, the pain of not being around them—it kind of hit. It kind of hit because I wanted to know where my mom was or where my siblings were and what they were doing and why couldn't I be with them and why did my sister and brother get to be with mom and I didn't. I didn't understand what was going on. But I knew that that little taste of being with my family, so to speak, was something that I had longed for. And don't get me wrong, I had a family. My aunt my uncle loved me unconditionally. They provided to the best that they could for me. I think the worst part about that was living next door to a man that I thought was my uncle, not knowing he was my father. I'll never forget when I first realized he was my dad. Um, I didn't know he was my dad. I seen him every day. Every day he would come over in the morning before he went to work, he worked at still Steel He would come over, he would get breakfast, Man would make biscuits. He couldn't cook, my, my father couldn't cook, still can't cook. So my Mary would get up in the morning, she'd make Well, bis- oh, excuse me, she would make biscuits and then she would either make a meat smothered in gravy, she cooked bacon, she cooked sausage, but she would get up in the morning and she would cook Never felt, and every morning he would get up and come get breakfast. And maybe I just didn't understand, but at the moment, I at the time for a long time, I never knew he was my father. I'll never forget when my mom came; it was about eight or nine years old. And it was one of the moments times when she was clean. She was like, "Okay, I'm gonna go see Angel." She was clean at this moment. She didn't take me back with her, and I didn't understand why. I didn't know why, but she came to visit. It was a Christmas. She came, she brought me all these clothes and these shoes. I mean, it was Grand Hill. that had the best designer clothes. I, just, I felt like, oh, my gosh. My mom brought me all this stuff. And she looked and she said, where's your dad? And I pointed at Rudolph. And I was like, yeah. She was like, nah. Where Willie D is? I was like, I don't know. Where uncle at? So she left out the house. She went next door and knocked on the door. And sure enough, here he comes. She's like, this is your father. This is your dad. And I just looked at him. He looked at me and... It was almost like he wanted to say, oh, that ain't my child. That's not my child. But he didn't. He never did. He. I remember him saying, what are you talking about? And that moment was a pain that set in so deep that I didn't know what to do. In my mind, in his mind, I, I believe he really thought he, I was not his child. And he said that throughout the years, that I was not his child. And uh, he was saying, I always thought you weren't my child. I always believed you're not my child. Um So to hear that and to realize, like, oh, my God, this may not be my father. This is not my dad. It was a pain that I just, I never let it affect me as I thought it didn't, but it did. Because I was like, okay, well, I got all these people around me that love me. If he don't want to be a part of my life, then he don't have to be a part of my life. But it it felt like it only got worse, if that makes sense. Because from that moment on, I felt like it was, whatever he could do to get back at my mom for that um, is what he would do or what he would say. It was almost like, I'm going to get back at your mom for telling you this because I wouldn't have told you this, even though he signed my birth certificate, but he wanted to just get back at my mom. And that's kind of how I felt like everybody in my life has been. Everybody has wanted to get back at my mom for who she is, but nobody wants to take the time to just love her. And that only pushes her deeper and deeper into her addiction because Nobody wants to love her. um I love her unconditionally. she's my mom. Um, but at that moment, that it, so with that being said, and all that happened, I just kind of put it in the back of my mind, like, okay, well, I live with my Mary uncle Jack. um they love me, um, and I know that they're going to take care of me and provide for me. My dad never did a thing for me. It was nothing I can remember him doing. I remember he was dating this lady and she had a daughter. she was from New York. And I can remember him buying all this stuff for her daughter and taking her out to eat and taking her daughter here and taking her daughter there. And in his mind, he may not have noticed that I saw it, but I saw it and it hurt. Um, but again, I owe him no fault because he's on a search for love and not realizing that the one person he could love and give unconditional love to is me. He never did. Um, but that's the battles in which he has to fight. So for me, Again, that was another pain. I just stuck at the back of my head. I just put in the back. I was like, okay, you know what? It is what it is. You know, my aunt my uncle loved me. My grandparents love me. You know, I, I'm loved. So I don't I don't need another person to love me because that's another person I got to make happy. It's kind of how I justified, I guess. Um, but anyway, so throughout the years, I my as I live with my aunt, my uncle, and I watched my uncle grow, I grew up on a farm. We had chickens. We had fresh food, fresh vegetables, fresh meat. I longed for that, but I never knew how to achieve it because I didn't know that healing my pain and being in nature, how, how nature would heal my pain, would bring me an abundance of these things because... All this stuff that I was taught growing up, I said it in the back of my mind. I absorbed it, and you just sit it. That's just tell you how kids are. We absorb things, and we sit it, and we don't realize where a lot of these things come from. Well, dang, I don't realize how I knew how to do that. Well, how you knew how to do that was because you were taught at some point in time, and you just held on to it. There's two woodpeckers on the tree. How beautiful. Um, so that's just... Another part of life. Um, and I'm sorry about that, but I absolutely love watching the birds. Like I said, I sat and watched them all day. And there's two maple trees that these two woodpeckers are sitting on, and they are about to go to town on beautiful, beautiful birds. But anyway, um, so that's just another kind of piece of me in the pain. And I bet you want to know how I got over that. Well, it was hard for me to get over that. So about a year ago, maybe two years ago, I did an Ancestry DNA. I did the DNA. I want to see, okay, see he's my dad, and let me see. Um, I still don't know the answer for it. It's almost like nobody on my dad's side has ever done an Ancestry DNA. So unless somebody does it, I won't have the answer. The only thing I can see, well, I take that back. I have siblings, I mean not siblings, but I have people from parent one side and parent two side, but I don't know these people from my dad's side and I don't I've reached out to one of them and I kind of got some information, but again, I'm not sure until somebody from my until somebody from my dad's side does an ancestry DNA, I don't think I'll ever have the answers for it. Um, But anyway, so I went on this search to figure it out, if he's my dad. So somehow this resurfaced. I'm like, is he my dad? Let me do an Ancestry DNA to find out. I'm going to find out. So I did it. And I still never got the answer. (laughs) So eventually, I just had to sit to terms. I cried about it, and I just told myself, you know, if this man wanted to love me and treat me as his daughter, he would. Um, But the only thing, if this man wanted to love me, then he would. Because the only thing that's free to give in life is love. It costs us nothing to love someone. And a lot of you may say it does. What if you get hurt? Or what if this happens? Well, that's when we have to recognize the difference between and understand and go with our gut. And our gut will tell us, you know what? This situation or this person or this thing may not be right for me. And we have to listen to that and move back. And a lot of times we don't. We'll go for it anyway, even though... We'll know it's not right. And how many times have we all said, I should have listened to my gut. I should have went with my gut. My gut was telling me not to, and I did it anyway. And that's kind of how we can separate ourselves from being hurt, being loved, and being in a position to be hurt. I mean, but again, love, giving unconditional love is free. So I just realized that, you know, If he wanted to love me and treat me as his daughter, then he would have. At any point in the years that I've been here, he could make the difference to change that and love me, but he hasn't. And because he hasn't, I can't force him to, and I can't hold on to that pain of maybe he's not my father, because if he's not, then okay. But I know that the people that raised me loved me, and they raised me. And it's a good chance they may know. And if they know, then... I hold them even higher in my heart because they took me, someone who was not his, and raised me and gave me unconditional love. And that's the love that I hold on to. And that's the happiness that I hold on to. And that's the memories that I always hold on to. And that's how I was able to heal from that was by not focusing on the negative, which I spent so much time focusing on that it had almost tore me down to looking at the positive and the brighter side of things as if, to say that, you know what? people love me enough to care for me and that's what I need to hold on to and so that's how I got over that but again that is just another piece of my life in which I hold close to my heart and that's just another story and another form of love is another form of pain that I had to get through and overcome to bring my smile back to bring my laughter back because you know holding on to this stuff you lose your smile you lose your laugh you know, just things like that. And I could just, and just speaking of laugh, I can remember a story when I was younger, when I would laugh, I would laugh so loud. And I can remember being told, why are you laughing so loud? Why is it not that funny? Blah, 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 blah. And I can remember thinking, okay, maybe I don't need to laugh so loud. I'm just going to not laugh loud. And for years, I didn't laugh loud. But let me tell you something, laughs and smiles are contagious. Whatever laugh you're giving, laugh. it. if it's loud, laugh it loud. And if someone is judging you, it's maybe because they don't have a reason to laugh like you're laughing. They don't have the joy that you have that gives you that laughter. So if somebody ever told you that, just, think, just, just remember they're reflecting their pain onto you. And you laugh. Laugh your laugh. Walk your walk. Talk your talk. And remember, you are you. And you're beautiful no matter what anybody says or how anybody te- tries to tear you down. Just remember to stay true to you. And stay stay true to love. But here's another episode. Thank you guys for hanging out and listening to me. I have tons of stories. If you have any questions, if you want to know anything, if you have just, if you want to know anything, drop a comment below and let me know. Um, We'll continue to do this podcast. I love you guys. Thank you guys for listening, um, and I'll see you soon.